thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Presence of the Lord is here. Amen. 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 It is wonderful when um, we sing songs unto God yeah. and those lyrics resonate in your soul. Yeah. And it's not emotion. It's really, you really feel those lyrics. You really feel those lyrics. That's when you know God is in a song. Amen. We want to thank everyone for coming out on this morning. Welcome to Hope Haven Church. Real church for real people. I'm happy to have you guys here today. So we're going to continue our series from the book of 1 Samuel. Um, I'm sorry I missed Bible study on Wednesday. Um, I, I just had a busy week. But uh, we're going to get back on track this week. Uh, so we're going to go to the book of 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, starting at the first verse. We're going to just stroll through this today. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Amen. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right. That's, I want to hear some noise today. Amen. Uh, this has been phenomenal, y'all. I mean, Brittany came up here and just, I don't think I, don't think I could preach. <laughs> she, done, she done tore the church up, had her scriptures and everything, and it was like, her confidence means, her. I'm like, all right. <laughs> she was going there today. Uh, so we're going to go to the book of 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter. Uh, when you guys get there, say Amen. All right, uh, you guys with me. It says, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges over Israel. His, force, his firstborn son's name was Joel. His second son's name is Abijah. They were, they were judges in Beersheba. However, his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned toward dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and went to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, look, you are old and your sons do not follow your example. Therefore, appoint a king to judge as the same as all the other nations have. When they said, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand sinful. So he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. They are doing the same thing to you that they have done to me. Since the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, abandoning me and worshiping other gods. Listen to them, but you must solemnly warn them and tell them about the rights of, a ki of the king who will rule over them. Samuel told all the Lord's words to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, these are the, high, the rights of the king who will rule over you. He will take your sons and put them to his use in his chariots, on his horses, or running in front of his chariots. He can appoint them for his use as commander of thousands or commanders of fifties, to plow his ground or reap his harvest or to make his weapons of war or the equipment for his chariots. He can take your daughters to become perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He can take your best fields, vineyards, and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He can take a tenth of your grain in your vineyards and give them to his officials and his servants. He can take your male servants and your female servants, your best young men, and your donkeys and use them for his work. He can take a tenth of your flocks and use, I mean, and yourselves can become his servants. When the day comes, you will cry out because of the king you've chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you on that day. The people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said. 
we must have a king over us, then we'll be like all the other nations. Our king will judge us, go before us, and fight our battles. Samuel listened to all the people's words and then repeated them to the Lord. Listen to them, the Lord told Samuel, appoint a king for them. Then, then Samuel told the men of Israel, each of you go back to your city. We can take it back to the top. I wanna to talk today about when God isn't enough. When God isn't enough. <laughs> when God isn't enough. We've all got to those places where we've become extra anxious. We've gotten those situations where it's like, if God don't do it, I'll do it. Okay, I'll talk to myself. If God don't show up, I'ma show up. <laughs> if this check don't show up by Friday, I'ma take matters into my own hands. And then you find yourself in more catastrophes and more issues and more drama because you took your trust off of God and you put your trust in yourself. And one thing about ourselves is we're flawed and eventually we will fail ourselves. So what happens when we get to a place to where we feel like God isn't enough? Mm. Israel's going through this phase right now. Israel's going through this phase now because now uh, the Bible says that Samuel grew old. Now the difference between Samuel and Eli is that Samuel knew he was getting old. Now we talked about Eli and Eli died in the office. Samuel is trying to be proactive, recognizing that his age is catching up with him. And rather than being like Eli dying beyond his years and in a position that he should have gave up, Samuel decides that what I'm going to do is I'm going to appoint my sons to stand in my stead. The problem with that is that the judges and the priesthood are different jobs. When we look at the Levitical priesthood, we look at Aaron, Aaron and his sons carried on the Levitical order. That's biblical. But when we deal with the judges, it has nothing to do with who your mama and your daddy is. The judges is a job that is called and assigned by God. Let's, let's, let's walk through the scriptures for just a couple minutes. Walk through the scriptures for just, y'all ready? There was a woman by the name of Deborah who God called. Who was Deborah's mama? Well, no. There was a man by the name of Gideon. Who was his mama? Well, no. There was a man by the name of Samson. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came to his mom and told him, told her that he would be the next judge, but his mama wasn't no judge. Amen. There's Samuel where Hannah is sitting here and she wants a child and her need is also God's need. Her desire is God's need. And she gives her son over to the Lord and the Lord makes him the judge of Israel. Amen. So this assignment is not based off of bloodline, but this baseline or this, this, this qualification is based off of being called by God. And sometimes we can operate in something that we aren't called for. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. So his sons, although he means well, he appoints his sons to operate in a position 
that they weren't called for. And it doesn't matter how well he teaches them, doesn't matter how well they observe him, it wasn't what they were called to be. So now they're operating in something that they weren't called for. And let me tell you something, when you operate in something that you are not called for, you are not equipped, but you also will begin to realize it. And you'll find yourself in all types of issues in your life because you're working in something that God has never called you to operate in. I could talk to y'all today because we're a little thin today. Woo! Everybody out. And I know everybody went to New York City Marathon. But <clears throat> when God called me to do Hope Haven, I knew it was a calling. And the reason why I know it's a calling is because most guys that I know that if they would have seen a crowd like this today, they would quit. Yeah. Royce knows we've been in rooms and preachers will look at the crowd and they won't preach hard or give any effort because they're so stuck on this and it tells me something, it's not your calling. When it's your calling, you do it if it's free, for free if you have to. If it's your calling, you do it if four folks show up. That's right. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all. Y'all been in this process with me. We were sitting in a mall with three people. So this is a mega church today. Because I'm called to do it whether nobody shows up. Because if nobody shows up, I got four kids that got to listen. Am I telling the truth? So a calling is more important than just a job or a position. A calling is something that gives you drive. It makes you get up in the morning with the same energy, whether you're making $100,000 to do it or whether you're making zero. So the question that we have to ask ourselves, and I'm going to get back to the text, is am I working, am I working towards my calling or am I just doing a job? Amen. Because if you just keep doing a job, you'll burn out. That's right. I'm not telling you to quit your job. Don't y'all dare. (laughs) What I'm telling you is let your job become your investor. I'll say that again. (laughs) The biggest, one of the biggest investors in Hope Haven Church is Holman Enterprises. They're not my employer, they're my investor. Because that check that I get every other week, a portion of it goes towards the kingdom so that I can operate in what I'm called to do and what I love to do. So because Samuel's sons are working in something that they don't want to do, they're not called to do, and they don't love to do, they don't invest, and they steal. Amen. Now watch this. His firstborn's name's son's name was what? Joel. Not this one. i make that clear. Joel means Jehovah is God. And the second son's name was? Abijah. Which means what? Jehovah is my father. So Samuel is trying to hook them up. He's giving them Jesus names. You know, my son going to be saved and all that. And with all of that, they still don't want to operate in this because they're not called to do it. Y'all with me? So watch this. They were judges in Beersheba. 
I'm, I'm going to speed it up in a minute. They were judges where? All right, all right, I'm going to go somewhere. Those of you that were here last week, you remember something. We remember that when, Sam, or when Samuel became the judge of Israel, he judged in four areas. Where did he judge? He judged in Ramah, which was his home. He judged in Mizbah. He judged in Gigal. And he judged in Bethel. But it makes no mention of him ever judging in Beersheba. Why is, it, why is his sons in Beersheba when that's not one of the places that they're supposed to be judging? Beersheba is 50 miles south of Ramah, which means that they try to get as far away from their father to do their dirt. All of us have been there before. I'm going I'm to help y'all. You knew not to do your dirt on your street. You was going to act up, you went around the corner. You went around in the next town. You went four blocks up. You tried to get far away from your mama and far away from your daddy because if they caught you in your dirt, So Samuel's sons know they're doing dirty. So they try to get as far away from their father as possible so their father doesn't catch them in their dirt. But can I help you? You can run away from mama, you can run away from daddy, but you can't run away from God. (laughs) So they're 50 miles south thinking they're doing their thing and God sees everything. So they did not walk in his ways, his ways, not God's ways. Watch this, because they were never walking in God's assignment. They were trying to be like daddy. And when you're not trying to be like God, you're trying to be like somebody else. So they're not walking in his ways because they don't want to do what their dad is doing because this was not an appointment for them. This was an appointment that their dad wanted them to do. My cousin came here a couple weeks, a couple months ago, Manny. And when I got done doing the sermon, he hugged me. And he said, I'm so proud of you. And I said, praise God. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, for years, I thought you was only doing that because you was trying to please your daddy. He said, but today I seen with my own eyes that this is what you were called to do. Wow. This is not something that I do because my daddy does it. It's something I do because I was called to do it. Amen. Which means that even if me and my daddy separate, it doesn't ruin my calling. Amen. 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 Yeah. That's right. I'm going to go somewhere in a minute. So they don't walk in the ways of their father because they don't want to do what daddy does. Daddy's a mechanic. I don't want to be a mechanic. I'm going to be a doctor. Daddy's a doctor. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. But daddy keeps trying to make me do something that he wants for my life, but not what God wants for my life. So now I'm operating in something that I'm not called to do. And because I'm not walking in my calling, I'm now not walking in the ways of God. And now they've turned toward dishonest gain. They're taking bribes and they're perverting justice. 
And now it goes all around Israel. So now the elders of Israel have to come to Samuel at Ramah where Samuel was operating. For a minute I was angry because I thought they were snitches, but I thought about it for a minute. And when I looked at this, I said, you know what? They've been through this before with Eli. And they're like, I don't, we done seen the ark taken. We done seen Ichabod birth. We done seen people die. Samuel, we don't want this again. The problem is, is that they're making decisions without going to God. And sometimes we don't like the direction of where our life is turning. So we try to steer the wheel our own way without ever consulting with God. And now we find ourselves going through wrong paths and strange paths because we never stop for a moment and say, God, where do you want me to go? So now the elders of Israel gathered together and went to Samuel at Ramah. Watch this. They said to him, look, you are old, like he don't know. And your sons do not follow your example. Notice they ain't no God in this. Therefore, appoint a king to judge us. Who told you to do that? Who are you to tell the judge of Israel what to do? Appoint us a judge, watch this, to judge us the same as all the other nations have. Hold on. Who did you defeat to get to this land? And now all of a sudden you want to be ruled like the people that God delivered you from. Why do you want a Pharaoh when you felt the repercussions of Pharaoh when you were in Egypt? Why do you want a a, a Philistine king when you see how the Philistine kings have treated their people? And what happens is we become so absorbed in the culture that we want the culture to rule us and not God. So what they're doing is they're looking at how the culture operates. I'm going to go somewhere in a minute. We look at how the culture operates and now we want to transform the church to the world. And that's not biblical. The the world, the church is supposed to transform the world. The world ain't supposed to transform the church. We're supposed to have influence in the world. The world is not supposed to have influence in the church. But what we have done is we have sought another king and not our king. This whole time, Israel has been ruled by a king. They were under a theocracy. And a theocracy is a kingdom that is ruled by, a, by God. And what they are saying to God, not Samuel, is that you are not enough. And what we are saying whenever we allow the world to influence us and we're not influencers is Jesus, you're not enough. So give us a king like all the nations have. 
when they said, give us a king to judge us, watch this. Samuel considered their demand sinful. He considered it sinful. Didn't say it was sinful. He considered it sinful. I want you to know on that word, consider it. Consider it. He considered their demand sinful. Watch this. So he prayed to who? W L W O W R W capital D capital O capital O capital R capital D. Y'all with me? Yes. Wanna go somewhere real quick? Mm-hmm. Hold on, go back real fast. What word did I tell you to underline? Consider. consider. Samuel considered it, but you know why he considered it? Because it wasn't a sin. Y'all know I gotta take y'all through the Bible. Now I'm gonna test Vanessa. <laughs> Deuteronomy 17 and 14. Deuteronomy 17 and 14. I'm going to wait for Jody. <laughs> I'm playing with you, girl. <laughs> she like, look, look, why you got to put me on blast? You know I ain't got my Bible this Sunday. <laughs> Y'all read me? Deuteronomy 17 and 14. Uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody getting there? Or they cut it off. Y'all with me? Deuteronomy 17 and 14, it says, when you entered into the land the Lord your God is giving you, take possession of it, live in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations around me. God had already told Moses that they were going to do this. So Samuel considered it a sinful thing to ask for a king, but God had told Moses generations before that they were going to do this because God was used to Israel always looking at him like he was never enough. Y'all remember when they were walking through the wilderness and they got thirsty? What did God do? He gave them water. Remember when they was walking through and they got hungry? What did he do? He dropped manna. Remember when they got manna and they said, all we got is manna? What did he do? He dropped quail. Remember when the sun was scorching over their head and they were sweating and they was getting a little dark? What did he do? Put a cloud. Remember when they was walking through the wilderness but they was concerned about scorpions and things like that in the sand? What did he do? He gave them a light. God always provided after they always complained so he knew that they would always be complaining people. So he said, look here Moses, watch this. Wow. <laughs> Write this down. And I guarantee it's going to happen. So Moses writes down in Deuteronomy 17 and 14 that they're going to get to the land that I promised them and they're going to ask for a king. So we go through Joshua. We go through Judges. We go through Ruth. And it doesn't happen. So they forget about it. And in one day, Samuel becomes the judge and God fulfills his word. Isn't God amazing? That he doesn't miss one dot, one jot, one tittle. When he says it, it's going to happen. Now let's go back to the text. And now we see that God told Moses this was going to happen. So Samuel thinks that it's sinful. And when Samuel thinks that it's sinful, what does he do? Before he tells him that it's sinful, the Bible says he prays to the Lord. And when he prays to the Lord, God, God's going to give him some instruction here. Keep going, keep going. He, all right, next verse. Seventh verse. But the Lord told him, watch this. The Lord told him, listen to the people and everything 
they say to you? They have not rejected you. They have rejected who? Capital M as their king. This ain't got nothing to do with you, Samuel. What you're experiencing right now is what they've been doing to me for generations. And sometimes God will put us in position so that we can feel what he's already been feeling. Hmm. Why am I being portrayed by people? And God's saying, really? (laughs) You want to go to a cross and see the closest disciples turn their back on you? You talking about betrayal? You want to feed 5,000 folks and not one of them show up at the cross? You talking about betrayal? You want to raise a a young man from the dead who was in a casket on his way to the grave and I stopped the funeral and raised him up from the dead? but I don't hear about him in the four Gospels. My, my, my. Go ahead. You want to hear about portrayal? Let's talk about Jairus' daughter. Yes. Let's talk about the woman with the issue of blood. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about all these healings and miraculous moves of God. But when I was under pressure, my God. where was they at? So you know what? Let me just give you an inch of what I dealt with. Mm-hmm. Y'all quiet. We think we've had it hard, but the Bible says Jesus was tempted at all points. points, And if we want to talk about pain, if we want to talk about rejection, if we want to talk about issues of family and all different types of things, we have no greater example than Jesus. So what God does to Samuel is he says, for a minute, I just want you to get a second of what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you something? You couldn't handle one second. Of God's pain if he ever had pain so he says they have not rejected you they rejected me as their king they are doing the same thing to you that they have done to me since the day I bought them out of Egypt until this day abandoning me and worshiping other little G gods next verse listen to them this is the second time God said listen to them How painful is it for people to listen to you or for you to have to listen to people that won't listen to you? You got the word. You know the Bible. You got the blueprint. And God is saying, shut up and listen. Because sometimes God wants you to hear how dumb people sound. I got a guy at my job. He's 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 a VP. And he has this amazing gift. His, and I'm, I'm learning to do it now. He comes in a meeting, he doesn't say anything. He just gives you this intense look. And he just lets you talk. And next thing you know, you find yourself five minutes later just sounding stupid. Because what he's showing you is sometimes all you need is a one word answer. Now you find yourself justifying and trying to make other excuses because you think that you're trying to satisfy him and he's just looking at you. And he lets you know, you said the answer five minutes ago. Why are we here? Five minutes later. So God is saying here, listen, Samuel, just listen to them. I want you to hear their nature. I want you to hear who they really are. Mm, Y'all quiet. (laughs) You ever talk to somebody for a moment and you say, oh, that's where they at. Y'all quiet. Amen. Last couple of years, I've been talking to some folks and I said, oh, that's how they really felt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
that was their intentions. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all quiet. <laughs> Sometimes you get the best answers by just remaining silent. Amen. <laughs> so true. Oh, what? <laughs> That's how you feel. Oh. That's what you're going to do when I leave. <laughs> oh, that's what you would have done if you was me. Oh. God is saying, Samuel, be quiet and listen. Because out of the mouth, the heart speaketh. Let them spill their heart out and let them show you how far they are from me. Y'all quiet. So he says, listen to them, but you must solemnly warn them and tell them about the rights of the king who will rule over them. Samuel told all the Lord's words to the people who were asking for a king. Now watch this. Now watch, watch, watch what this king can do. He says, the rights of the king who will rule over you, he will take your sons, slavery, and put to his use in his chariots or his horses or running in front of his chariots. And he said, so next verse. He can appoint them for his use as commanders of thousands or commanders of fifties to plow his ground or to reap his harvest. He'll treat them like cattle. So, or to make his weapons of war or the equipment of his chariots. He can take your darters to become perfumers, cooks, and bakers. Watch this. Move them out of their purpose. So, He can take your best fields and your vineyards and your olive orchards and give them to your servants. So, next verse. No, it's a 19 verse, 18 verse. When the day comes, you will cry out because of the king you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord won't answer you on that day. Why? Because all you were concerned about, watch this, was your generation. Can I go somewhere with this? And I don't want to get too political. I know y'all like me. He born today. I'll, I'll holler next week. Can I go somewhere today? Amen. You know what a lot of these presidential elections are all about right now? What is he going to do for me? Exactly. You ain't thinking about your children. You're not thinking about your grandchildren. All you're worrying about is building a legacy in your generation, not realizing that the generations behind us are going to have to deal with the repercussions of the fools that we put in office. Amen. So now your kids going to have eczema, eczema and and, and asthma and, and all this stuff because of pollution. Now they're going to have all types of brain tumors and all types of issues and sicknesses and diseases because of all of these things that we allow them to put pollutants into our food and GMO pro- I don't want to get too deep. All this strange stuff because we can make a dollar right now. All we care about is the right now moment and we don't think about the repercussions of how this can affect the generations after me. But all I care about is a right now king. So now we're now unraveling and trying to put pieces together of stuff that presidents have done 20 years ago. Families have broken up from the 94 crime bill. Y'all quiet. 
Some of y'all still got cousins in jail from the 80 crack laws. Now they're coming out of jail 30, 40 years later trying to put their life back together. And now we got dispensaries on every corner. Somebody did 10 years for having a nickel bag. Don't even make them no more, dude. <laughs> nickel bags. Kim said, yeah, they still make them. <laughs> she telling herself, praise God, I'm playing, I'm playing. We know where to go after service. <laughs> I need a dime. Let me stop. <laughs> All of these things we don't think about. And what we see here is we see a generation that is so concerned about the moment that they don't realize that their children are gonna be slaves. So they vote a king in office. I don't wanna sound like some social justice warrior today, but this is the Bible. They want to vote a king in office for the right now moment to fulfill their needs, not recognizing that when they die, they have no legacy. And now we see here that they basically tell the king in the next verse, Samuel, again, what did he do? Samuel, listen. how many times does he listen? Third, three times. Samuel now listened to all the people's words and then repeated to the Lord, listen to them, the Lord told Samuel. The Lord told him what? Listen to them. How hard is it for you to listen to foolishness? And God just makes you sit there and listen. We want, we want that person. And God is saying, listen, I'm going to give you what you want. Can I go somewhere? Because we love that scripture and God shall give you the desires of your heart. And yes, he will. But what happens when your heart isn't right? What happens when he gives you the desires of your heart, but your heart is wicked? Sometimes God will give you the desires of your heart to show you that your heart wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. And now you got yourself in something for 18, 20, 30, 40 years that you can't get out of because your heart wanted it. Yeah. And God says, this is what you want. I'm going to give you what you want. All of us have went with our heart. Oh, y'all quiet. All of us have made decisions and have received some things of our heart's desire that we found out later we ain't one. Amen. Oh, the Yugo was all that in 88. Somebody's like, no, it wasn't. Somebody said, I want a Yugo. This is the new thing. And God said, here you go. Now you drive around with this little... This little matchbox, some of y'all are like, what is a Yugo? I wish we could Google image. It's like a matchbox car that they made in the 80s from Yugoslavia. And it was supposed to be this fuel efficient vehicle. It was like the first Prius. I remember it because my parents had one. <laughs> a red one. <laughs> With no back seat. Me and Yasmin practically laid in the back. This was before Phil. I wish Yasmin was here, she'd tell you. My dad had a red Yugo. And now we find ourselves now desiring things that we want to get out of. Watch this. 
And what did God say? Appoint them a king. But he also said in prior verse, they're going to cry out for a king and I won't listen to them. Because now, since I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, I'm going to let you live with it and I'm not going to pull you out of it. I'm going to make you learn a hard lesson till you're released from it. And some of us have learned some hard lessons of getting into some stuff that God wouldn't take us out of. And we sat and we prayed, we cried, we fasted, we shouted, we danced, we high five, we gave a hundred dollar offering and nothing changed. And God says, I'm going to let you sit in it because that's what you want to deal with it. And now it's 20, it's 30, it's 15, it's 10, it's five. Some of y'all, it's only been three days and you suffering because you asked God for the desires of your heart, but your heart wasn't right. He gave it to you and now you're in pain. Yeah. We're going to read Wednesday night. Saul's going to become the, the king of Israel for the next 20 years. Now you're getting ready to have 20 years of pain because your heart wanted something that was not of God. If we were to go back, and we're not going to go back, to Deuteronomy 17 and 14, God says, I will appoint you a king after my own heart. So what God said to Samuel is, listen to them. Let them, let, let them talk. They think they know their Bible. And they just messing scripture all up. I'm sure somebody went in the room. You said in Deuteronomy 17 and 14 that you would give us a king. You ain't read it right. I said, I give you, I'd give you a king. Saul ain't my choice. That's it. So what I'm going to do for a while is I'm going to let you deal with your choice. Yeah. Oh, help me, Jesus. Yeah. What happens when you got to deal with your choice and sit there and deal with something for 20 years and it has caused you nothing but pain? Watch this. Not only just you, but it has caused your whole family pain. Yes. Yes. Your children are in slavery and you did it. Preach. Yes. yes. Your family is in shackles and you did it. Yes. Yes, my God. Your sons are plowing fields and you did it. This is rough. I'm sorry. Your daughters are nothing more but bakers and perfumers. And you did it. You did it. Painful things is for me to make a bad decision that affects my children. And I did it. I decided to mess my family up. And now for the next 20 years, JJ is all jacked up because of what daddy did to the family. And now I got to sit here and look at the repercussions of my disobedience to God and I can't change it. Watch this. I can get saved and still not be able to change it. What? There are saved dads that have no relationships with their children. There are saved mamas who go to church every Sunday whose children hate them for what they did. Y'all quiet. God redeemed them 
but there's still repercussions of decisions that they made that affected their family with all that Holy Ghost. I wish I could lead us out. Y'all like, I don't want to hear this. You can shout all over the church, but somebody remembers what you did 20 years ago. And I'm glad he saved you. But that don't, that don't heal my scar. That's true. Amen. I'm, I'm going to sit down in a minute. I'm glad you go to church every Sunday, but that don't settle what you did to me. Amen. I'm glad you gave your life to the Lord before you went on home. But that don't fix our damaged relationship while you were here. And now we sit here and we see that these people are getting ready to make a decision and a problem for another generation that it's going to take 20 years for God to resolve. Y'all with me? God says, listen to them, the Lord told Samuel. Appoint a king for them. Appoint a king for who? For Israel. And who's, who's to appoint it? Who's he telling to appoint it? Samuel. God ain't saying, I'm appointing it. Samuel, Samuel I'm going to give you the authority to go and choose the person that's going to put them in bondage. That's a huge responsibility. I'm not in this. This is what God is saying. I'm not in this. But Samuel, you heard it yourself. I told you to be quiet through this whole chapter so you could hear the hearts and the desires of my people. I want them to realize what they said. And I, all I wanted you to be in this chapter was a recorder of your memory. I want you to hear what I've been hearing for the last 400 years since I brought them out of Egypt. Y'all with me? So go ahead and give them what they want. Then Samuel told the men of Israel, each of you, go back to your city. Now Samuel, in the next chapter, we're going to talk about this on Wednesday night in Bible study, is getting ready to choose the next king not after the heart of God, but after his own heart. And we're going to see where Samuel's heart is. <laughs> see, God spoke to, we're going to get to that later. God spoke to, to, to Samuel when it came to David. But this time, Saul, I wish I had time, but I ain't got time today. Saul was chosen by Samuel. Can I go a step further? The Bible says that Samuel was head and shoulders above all of Israel. So he chose him based off of his appearance. He chose him based off of his height. But can I go somewhere? But then Goliath shows up. Who's taller than Saul. Which means no matter what you chose, there's a devil that's bigger than whatever you chose. Yes. Yes. That's right. Can I go a step further? Yes. 
Saul and David symbolize two different types of churches. There's a church that's built and chosen by men. They have the height, they have the look, they have the structure, but they have no power. But then there's something that God wants that's ruddy, that's cutty, that's nasty, that's forgotten, that's stuck out in the field that folks feel like could never be the chosen one. And that's the one who God wants. So the Bible says that we are what? Precious stones. We're cut differently. We're shaped differently. We're hewn differently. We're broken into pieces. We look weird. We've been through trials. We've been through tribulations. We have past and we have futures and we made decisions that jacked our lives up. And God says, and that's who I want. God does not want a perfect church. God wants a church of people that are broken, but have a testimony that he can put you right back together again. And if I'm preaching to a perfect church, I need to go home. (laughs) Saul symbolizes the perfect church. The beaming lights. The rock star model. Makes you feel good. But doesn't penetrate your soul. David is after God's own heart. He don't look the part. He possibly ain't that great looking. He a little short fella. A little weird. Write strange songs out in the field. A little off. Y'all quiet. Some of y'all some Davids in here. I'm looking at, let me stop. <laughs> I always pick on Jody. If Kara ain't here, y'all know Jody is my my. my. <laughs> I'm getting Jotty. <laughs> but you know what, Jotty? God wants you. God chooses the imperfect things. Because what greater testimony but to choose something that was left for dead, resurrected, transform its life, and say, here, world. If you're privileged and already put together, ain't no real test, ain't no testimony, ain't no story. But like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, the greatest testimony is the fact that Jesus Christ has saved your soul. Yes, right. The miracle, the greatest miracle is not your leg growing on a Sunday. Greatest miracle is not me laying oil on you and you know, you do this and touch your toes. I told you, he healed, hey. One, two, three, dance, hey. No. The greatest testimony is I was a wretch undone. That's right. Amen. Living in a world of sin. Yes. I had no hope. Oh, I'm saying Delaware Mass Choir. No peace within Tri-State. <laughs> Till somebody told me what Jesus did. Yeah. Said he gave his life. Yeah. Died for my sins. Now I'm justified. I'm sanctified. I'm glorified in his holy name. That is the greatest testimony that Jesus can give us. So I don't have my three points today, but I'm gonna just give you this right now. Let's not get caught up in our desires without making sure that it's in the will of God. All of us have desires. Mm -hmm. But the question that I have to ask is, does my desire align with his will? Some of y'all saying, well, what is the will of God? 
I'll give you a very easy, easy definition of the will of God. The will of God is God's desire for your life. So my desires have to match his desires. And you're saying, well, what about if his desires don't match up? What if your desires don't match up? Well, what if his plan don't, don't, you know, it ain't as big as mine? He's the God of the universe. What if your plan is too small? (laughs) Y'all quiet. But I want this. And God said, what if I want to do that? For I have not seen, nor ear has heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has in store. For now unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. If you think your plan is bad, just imagine when you line up with his. Yes, sir. It's going to blow your mind. And we are setting ourselves short chasing dreams that God ain't in. You're doing yourself a disservice chasing something that is not part of God's plan for you. Amen. Hmm. I got confirmation of God's plan on Thursday night. And I I don't share it with everybody. Some of y'all know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But if I was stuck in my plan, It'd be so small. But because I asked him, God, what do you want to do for me? And he showed me what he wants to do through me. My whole mindset has changed and it has expanded beyond what my natural mind could tell me to do. We have to move beyond. I know I'm boring, y'all. I'm done now. We have to move beyond our plans and step into his will and when we step into his will and we find his desire and his thoughts and his plans before us, it is bigger, bolder, and crazier than we can ever imagine. And you know the reason why we don't want to do that? Because by faith, for without faith, it is what? Impossible, Impossible to please God. And the reason why we don't want to step in his will is because in order to step into his will, it desire, it requires faith. And we don't want to walk by faith. Like Britt said earlier, I'm so used to controlling my own destiny that I I, I, I ain't got time to be worrying about how that next step is going to be. So I'm going to just do my thing. But God is saying, I need you in order to please me. Step out of your reasoning and trust me. And when you step out of your reasoning and trust me, I'm going to take you places that your natural mind could ever could never take you. I'm closing here, y'all. Y'all can stand to your feet. We have a word of prayer. We're going to get out of here. <clears throat> next Sunday, we're going to deal with, um, or next Wednesday, we're going to deal with uh, 1 Samuel 9. Y'all know, jump on the Uzum app. Y'all can do it from the luxury of your home. Uh, we'll be online at uh, 7.30 on Wednesday night. Uh, 1 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, for this word on today, God. Thank you, Lord, for just your strength, your health, for for our health, for your love and your kindness towards us, God. We thank you, Lord, for just loving us. We thank you, Lord, for your plans. 
your thoughts, the ideas that you're getting ready to birth in us. God, we ask God that we have the, the, the confidence and the faith and the trust in you, God, to live these things out. For God, you're trying to do some stuff that's going to blow our mind. God, blow our mind, God. God, do some things, God, that just super exceed our plans and our thoughts and our capabilities, God. Do things that only you can do. God, I'm praying to you, God, for a supernatural move on today. God, I'm looking for you, God, to do some healing, God. Mentally, spiritually, financially, in all areas of our life, God. Do it like only you can do it. God, we trust you. God, tonight, God, we today, God, we just lay it out before you, God, and we ask you, God, to fill every void. Meet every need, God. Get us out of the way. Move us, God. God, as we begin to speak and you listen, God, allow us, God, to speak your word. Don't allow us to get caught up in ourselves and get caught up in our thoughts and get caught up in our plans as we begin to speak. God, allow us, God, to speak words of faith that are pleasing to you, God. And we ask, God, that you just begin to operate and just allow those things to become the manifest and become tangible, God. And God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for where you're taking us. Thank you, Lord, for every door that is opening in advance, God. We thank you, Lord for just using Hope Haven Church, God. Continue, God, to bless us as a, a beacon of light in this community, God. And God, we ask Lord, that you can continue to touch us, God. Move on each and every single one of us. And Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, 